What's up, everybody? This is Edgar Martin from the Q&E Podcast, just bringing you this message that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. It could be sports, entertainment, or anything else that you feel people might want to listen to. Once again, that's podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O, Podgo. You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? I'm trying to get again, damn it. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Ega on the other line. Ega, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. We got a lot to talk about today, man. We're going to get into a lot of AFC and NFC predictions and conversations for the upcoming NFL season. Uh, we got some NBA Summer League talk to go over. Uh, a lot of baby mama crisis. With, uh, the 18-year Supermax is what they say. <laughs> the 18-year Supermax. With, with NFL, not NFL, with NBA players and entertainers. So we got a, got a lot of entertainment news to get into. So this one's going to be pretty fun. I like this. Yes, sir. And I also want you guys to subscribe to all of our social media platforms. Edgar, you can hit up with the social media. Uh, yes, you can follow us on Twitter at QEPodcast1. You can follow us on Instagram at QANDE Podcast. You can follow and like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube at Q and sign E podcast. Be sure to click the notification bell so you can see anytime we drop new episodes. And our email is Q A N D E podcast at gmail.com. Yes, sir. And we diving right into it with the summer league news. And we got to dive into the matchup of the year. There it is, which is the K versus Jalen Green game. So it's a lot of anticipation. Obviously, it's the number one versus number two pick. And a lot of people put a lot of stock in the game because I'm seeing a lot of K lovers become Jalen Green lovers right before our eyes, bro. So in the game that you seen last night, what was one of your biggest takeaways? And did you come away from the games thinking that Jalen Green will be the better player of the two? Well, I didn't get a chance to actually watch the game live, but I did look at a lot of the highlights of after me and you were together today. I actually uh, did go home later and watch some of the highlights from the game. I've been telling everybody I thought Jalen Green was perfect at the number two pick. I thought that's uh, – that's where he was going to go anyway. So I I love the matchup. I think Kay Cunningham will still end up being the better overall player. But Jalen Green is also going to have a very great career. I love the way they played against each other, the way they both weren't scared of the matchup, weren't trying to be uh, too ball sharing. They were like, no, this is our moment. We know what it is. So I, exactly. I loved it. I didn't, get, I didn't get surprised with anything. I loved everything I seen. And this is the thing a lot of people have to think about, bro. And this is why I thought last night was going to have a big implication on how people viewed like the college route versus the G League route. Because I really thought Jalen Green was going to have a significantly better game than Cade last night. I really did. I thought Jalen Green was going to have like 30. He had 25. Like Cade had 25 or Cade had 20 and Jalen Green had 25. But they both played on like similar levels. But I thought it was going to be shown that the G League is a better route because Jalen Green has already played against 
the the G League, the the summer league right. type of players already. So he's gone through this. He's going to have such a quick and easy transition to the NBA, and K is going to have like a, a learning curve still. Even though he dominated at the college level, the NBA is just a step up in when it comes to pace, when it comes to physicality that he has to get used to, and Jalen Green is already used to it. So the fact that they were so close last night showed me a lot from K. Jalen Green, I already know he's going to be good. He's going to be such a – he's going to be a bucket. He's going to be somebody averaging 27 to 28 points in his career at one point. He's going to be like a Zach Levine, Bradley Bill level of score. But I think at the end of the day, I think all of the picks were made correctly. I think K will be the best number one pick, and I think he will still be the best player out of this draft because I think he's a franchise changer and somebody that can turn around Detroit. I don't think Detroit needed somebody that is like an elite level scorer. I think they need somebody who can change their franchise, and that is K Cunningham. So I think both of these players fell into their correct spots. But I do think a transition for a transition, Jalen Green will have that, no doubt. And that's why I'm kind of leaning toward him. I don't know. I'm, going, I'm kind of going back and forth on it, on who will win rookie of the year. But I really do agree with your point of Detroit. Pick the, they made the right decision. I know we've seen mm -hmm. a lot of rumors saying they, they might trade the number one pick for this player or, the, or these number of players or whatever. But uh, regardless of all the rumors we heard, at the end of the day, they made the correct decision with picking K Cunningham. And I totally agree with what you're saying. He's the player that you can build around. He's big enough to where all you have to do is put pieces around him, but he's still efficient enough to where he could get his points too. So it's mm -hmm. not just – it's not a situation like where with Jalen Green, yes, I'm sure he he has a lot of um he has a lot of other features to himself and his arsenal, but we know Jalen Green is a scorer. With Kay Cunningham, it's like he's a scorer, plus he has the size and the defensive presence that can guard multiple decisions. And I'm pretty sure when it comes to the guard position, Jalen Green can guard the one and the two. But with Cade, it's like he can guard the three, the four, and then as he transitions more into the NBA, then you'll see him start picking up more two guards. I don't see him ever going, going against the one, really, but I could definitely see him two through four. That'll be an easy night for him against any team, really, once he gets in his bag. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Hey, like I said, I keep going back and forth on the, the who will win rookie of the year because I really think Jalen Green will step into the NBA averaging 20. Like, I think he's going to be that good. And I think it's, I think a lot of players should have been watching last night. A lot of top prospects should have been watching that game last night and watching how the G League creates these type of players. Because I think a lot of players that came from that G League route are having like seamless transitions into like this, this summer league and are showing like they, they can play because of that G League transition. Isaiah Todd had a, a good couple of games. Jonathan Kaminga is looking like a beast. And a lot of people were questioning if the Warriors made the right pick or should they have traded those picks. And it looked like he could be somebody that produces right, right away. You know what I'm saying? So that G League is giving like a lot of players confidence when I don't think they would have had that same type of confidence coming out of college. So a lot of players should have been looking at that game last night. But I'm happy that both of the players performed. And you can pick which side you're going to land on, but both of the players performed. So we still going to have to see what happens later in their careers. But well, let's a, question I, a question I do have really quick before we go to the next topic. I noticed that we're – I know it's not going to be a, a big change soon, but I noticed we're, we are seeing a lot more players choose the um, professional route as opposed to college. I know the NIL rule, the NIL rule is in place, but we're seeing more players go to the G League or the overtime league or 
overseas and whatnot. Do you feel that I know the, the constant conversation is college athletes when it comes to basketball, they're not as prepared as athletes who just go straight to the G league or overseas mm -hmm. since there are more athletes going to the G league and overseas. Do you feel like it will be oversaturated with talent? That's just not ready yet. Are we ever going to get to a point where we're looking at the G league, like how we look at college basketball, like uh, he's just not ready for the NBA yet. Because if you get more people in this room, as opposed to this room it's going to turn into the same conversation. But I think it's still going to be the fact of the G League is only letting the elite of the elite come in. They're not going to let everybody come in like college. So it's not going to have that same type of effect. The G League is only letting in like the top seven to 10 players in their class. Like that's it. That's the max. I think this year was like the first year they really implemented the G League, but I can't really see them going further than seven to 10 because I think their the money is going to raise eventually to like a million dollars per player. And I don't think you're going to give like, 15 to 20 players that million i think they're gonna keep it at this talent pool of seven to ten because they don't want it to get oversaturated as well like only a limited amount of people can get in here everybody can't get this type of a privilege you know what i'm saying because it's a privilege plan a g like right out of high school you're getting that money you're getting used to the game and it's going to be an easy transition everybody can't get like that and everybody isn't ready for that either like a lot of people should go to college Unless you are one of the best players in the country, you should go to college and build up your body. College is still a good route, but we're just saying, we're seeing for the elite players, like the easy transition to the NBA, bro, it's there. <laughs> it's there. And Jonathan Kaminga is really the person that's showing me that because a lot of people were saying like, he's going to be raw. Like, is he going to produce for the Warriors? And I'm seeing him go against these teams and he's bullying players. Like he's overpowering them. Like he's making shots. And a lot of people were questioning his shot making coming into the draft. So I'm looking at him like, damn, he can be somebody who produces for Golden State. Do they have to trade him for a big name star or do they already have the star right now? So the G League route looking like the best route right now. But you have to be one of the elite of the elite, though. So I don't think it will be oversaturated. True. And what are some of your other biggest takeaways? What other players have stuck stuck out to you in the uh, summer league so far? Uh, Tyrell Terry for sure. He's somebody that we were big on. Um, over my nigga Tyrell. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Dan. Tyrell Terry has definitely impressed me. Uh, who else? I was telling you Matt McClung. I seen a couple of his highlights. He's been doing really well. So those are two people outside of Cade and uh, Cade and uh, Jalen Green that I'm actually looking at. Like, wow, yeah, they're they're not surprising me, but they're showing me way more than I expected off real. So I had a few players that really impressed me. I already talked about Jonathan Kaminga. It was Sharif and Jalen Johnson. The oh, fact yeah, that Sharif the Hawks, got, the fact that the Hawks got these players with my goodness, like you got Jalen Johnson, who's a top ten pick at twenty, and then you get Sharif in the second round. So you got two first round picks this year, and they're showing that they're ready to produce immediately. I know a lot of people love to say like it's summer league. But I think Summer League is a good, like, test to see if they're ready to produce right away. And I think it's pretty apparent that they are. I think both will get minutes in their first year, and I like the way both of them are looking. Jalen Green is another one. And Davion Mitchell from the Kings, balling out. And he just looks so much faster than anybody on the court. And his defensive skills, I didn't know if they were going to translate so quickly to the NBA. But he's locking up NBA like stars or NBA future stars, in my opinion. Like he was guarding James Booknight the other night. And I'm high on Booknight, who ended up getting drafted by Charlotte. And he was clapping him. I mean, like Drew Holiday level defense on this man. So I'm looking at him like, man, if the yeah. Kings can, 
end up making it work with a Halliburton, a Fox, and a Mitchell, like a three-guard lineup, that could be something the Kings ride out, and that can be their core moving forward. The Kings have always been juggling, like, can they actually find a core? Is it always going to be a shit show over there? I think they might have found their core with the Fox, a Halliburton, and a Davion. Because even if they don't keep that core together, they can keep them together long enough to where their stock builds up to where they could possibly make a trade for a, a decent number two player that that you can see pairing up with a superstar, if that makes sense, you know, or possibly attracting a, a number one type player over there, you know, whether it involves one of their names or two of their names in a trade. So I, yeah. I feel like building up the stock is going to work, whether they keep them or try to trade one or two of them. And that's the thing about Sacramento, because you don't know what's going to happen in Sacramento because they've had good players over the years. But y'all don't win. Y'all don't ever win, actually. So it's like, mm -hmm. who wants to stay there? And then usually you don't reach your full potential in Sacramento either. So usually you trade them away and you get something back. That's not really uh, the correct value for what you traded. So it's always been a, a recycling bin in Sacramento. But I think with this core, they might have found something. I think they're going to end up trading Buddy Hill. They're going to end up trading Marvin Bagley away and getting some assets for them. And I think with that, you can build an actual team and we can see the, the Kings prosper in the near future. Because I'm tired of seeing the, the, the Kings suck, bro. I'm tired yeah. of it. Like, I fuck with De'Aaron Fox so heavy. I fuck with Tyrese Halliburton. And to see these niggas lose every year, it's like, <laughs> bro, it comes to a point like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like, what needs yeah. to happen in Sacramento for this shit to really turn around? Like, it's no reason you can be ass for 20 years. Them niggas have not been good for 20 years. Chris Webber days. When yep. is it going to turn around in Sacramento? So I just want to see a turnaround. Like, just some hope. Like, get, get in the playoffs one year so I can have some confidence I mean, in the front office. I mean, is it fully the front office or is yes. it coaching at this point, too? Oh, both. Oh, yeah, both. Oh, they got, okay. Luke, they got, they got Luke Walton over there. And the coaches have always been recycled, too. Even when you had a good coach. I remember when they had Mike Malone back when DeMarcus Cousins were there. You had a good coach in Mike Malone who is now with the Denver Nuggets. You had a good coach. And you fired him for no reason when Boogie liked him. So even when you get a good coach, you get him in there, he produces and gives you wins, you fire him. So that's the front office right there. Because y'all showing me even when y'all get a good one, y'all can't keep him. And y'all letting them go for nothing. That shit don't make no sense, dog. Don't make no sense. And a couple of names, uh, Jalen Suggs has been performing. Scotty Barnes, a lot of people were questioning that number four pick, but he's like he's going to produce yep. early for the, the Toronto Raptors. And Michael Beasley. I want to say this about Michael Beasley because he's playing for the Portland Trailblazers summer league team. Mm -hmm. So I'm watching him, and I'm getting a lot of mellow vibes. I know he's been recycled throughout the league at this point, but the one thing Beasley can really do for you is get buckets. In a variety yeah, of ways. So I think he could end up producing for Portland this year if they give him a chance and ended up signing him to a deal. With Melo going to the Lakers, I think Michael Beasley can produce not produce for the Trailblazers this year. And I would like to see it because he still has game. And he's not really that old. Like, he was – Yeah. He's 30. He look old, but he's not that old. <laughs> he's not that – I want to say Mike, because he came in in 2008, he got to be 31, 31, yeah. 32. And I feel like Mike have been around the league forever, but he only 32 and he still has the game. And I think he can take over that mellow role, which Portland needs right now. So I would like to see Mike get a chance uh, with um, with the Blazers moving forward, bro. I would love to see that. All right, bro. Anything else about the summer league? Uh, I love the fact that all the stars are coming out. I know we usually see big names uh, at some of the summer league games, but it feels like it's highlighted way more now. And I love the fact that we're showing – 
these big name stars showing up at summer league games as much as they are. Like they're not just going to one, like they're going to multiple and they're getting excited at these games too. I seen a video of uh Trey young running out on the floor because of uh, the way one of the um summer league games ended with a buzzer beater. I think was that, that Sharif. Cooper? That was Sharif game. Yeah. Winner. Yeah. So Sharif hit the game winner and you see Trey young running out on the floor. Like it's damn near a playoff game. So I love the fact that the stars are embracing all the young players like this. I'm sure they have in the past, but they're the social medias are highlighting it more. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's crazy because you felt, you feel like these players, like, man, you've been through like a, for some teams, you've been through like a seven to eight month season. Like, you wouldn't want to see your team so soon. It's like, man, I can do some other shit. I can still be on vacation. Yeah. But the fact that you still support your team, you know what I'm saying, during the month of August for Summer League is really dope, and, and I fuck with it. And I fuck with I how – oh, I think it's because what COVID did to everybody. It's like it took away everything for an extended amount of time. And then when we got it back, it was like, okay, this restriction – little less restriction, little less restriction, little less restriction. And now we're getting to the point where it's like it's almost back to normal. So I think that's why these star players are like, we're going to take full advantage. We're going to go to all these summer games. We're going to soak in as much basketball as we can to make up for the year of little to no basketball that we got. And a lot of these players that are playing in summer league are like second year players because last year we didn't even have a summer league. So the second year players are getting their first taste of summer league after being in the NBA and they're coming back and they're dominating and showing that they have improved on their games. So I'm glad that they're getting this stage because summer league is becoming such a big thing now. Like everybody watches summer league and it didn't used to be like this, but summer league has become such an event. And I like that these second year players that didn't get to show what they can can do on the court get to show it this year and show the improvement from their first season. So that shit is dope to me for sure. And let's move on to the AFC North preview, man. So we going through the AFC North and the NFC North. And in the coming weeks, we would just keep uh, previewing two divisions moving forward into the season. And we're, I think the preseason games start tomorrow. Cause I know the Patriots uh, yeah. play Washington tomorrow. So the preseason mm -hmm. games start tomorrow, man. So, how excited are you for the NFL season? This shit felt like it took a minute to get here. I mean, I'm excited because my team just won the Super Bowl, so I'm I'm praying for a repeat or something close to a repeat. So I'm I'm excited. I'm ready for football. You seen the schedule for the Bucks, didn't you? Yeah, we we have one of the easiest schedules. But How you feeling I told, this year? like I like I told you earlier when I was telling you and my dad is like there's a couple games that I I just feel like we'll prop we should win, but we might lose. So I'll probably say the Bucks could really go 13 and three. Well, no, nah, it's a we got an extra game now. So what 13, 13 and, and four. four? 13 and four. 13 yeah. and four or 14 and three, something like that. All right, man. So we're just gonna go through the AFC North right now and slide through the teams. So let's start off because this is one of the most stacked divisions. Because you come in, you got Cleveland coming back. You got a lot of additions for Cleveland. A lot of people say Cleveland is going to win this division. You still have the Ravens with some additions from the draft. You got the Steelers, who had a good regular season last year. And now you have the Bengals with Joe Burrow coming back. Who do you foresee to – to actually, let's just predict the winners before we dive in. Who do you predict to win this division, and who do you expect to surprise? Hmm. I expect the Browns to win the division, but I expect the Steelers to make a surprise through the wild card and still make the playoffs. You expect the Steelers? What make, What gives you that confidence about the Steelers that they're making the playoffs? 
I the fact that my dad said Najee Harris, I really was not thinking about this dude at all being on the Steelers until he said that. I, I damn near forgot what team he went to when he said that. And let's just go through every team, bro. So starting with the Steelers, I feel like they lost a lot. And Ben Roethlisberger just isn't the same. They still have the wide receiving core that was good last year. But I don't think Ben is going to have that type of season that he did last year. Like he was on like a high horse for most of the season. And toward the end, we see like a, a huge dip. So I don't know if Ben is going to get back to that peak that we seen last season. And without Ben playing at that high of a level, I don't know how much confidence I have in the Steelers to go far. Because their defense is still stacked. They still have a top five defense, but the offense has to come through. So the Najee Harris pickup will be big, but you still have to make throws in the NFL, bro. Especially in this type of division, I don't know how much I trust Ben. But I honestly feel like that it's going to go, <clears throat> excuse me, it's going to go Browns, Ravens, Steelers. And the reason I say the Steelers are going to sneak in for that wild card spot, because they just have to do good enough in that division with that extra game that's the extra game that they'll what beat up on the what the what you call it the the Bengals you know what I'm saying so it's just it's a situation where Ben doesn't have to play great anymore your defense is top notch and you have a running game it, it you don't have to have a a top 10 in passing yards type of season you just have to do enough and I feel like Ben Roethlisberger can do enough Mike Tomlin has not had a losing season yet in his entire time coaching the Steelers, and I don't see it coming right now. So, I fuck with Mike, bro, but I don't know. I, I feel like just because of how, stacked Tomlin, the, how stacked their division is, I can't give it to Mike, bro, because I'm looking at Cleveland, and we seen what Cleveland did in the playoffs last season. I think they will carry that momentum into next year, and you get OBJ back. So even though Baker didn't play well when OBJ was playing, like – I think that connection will continue to grow this year, and I think the Browns will win this division. And I think the Browns still have a, a top-notch defense. Baker Mayfield improved. You still got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Like, bro, we can keep going through the names. Like, on paper, like, these niggas should be, like, AFC championship-level team right now. Yeah. And I think they will get to that point uh, eventually. I think they will, you know what I'm saying, with some games under their belt, they will eventually make it to the AFC championship game. But I think it will start off with a good AFC North run. And I think they will they will get through Baltimore, and I think they will get through Pittsburgh. And how do you feel I, about uh, Baltimore coming into the to this season? I was just about to say, I feel Baltimore has one of the most um, pressured seasons coming up. I know we had that poll last week of who has more pressure, the Packers, the Ravens, or the uh, Rams. And I'm just going to say the same points again. The Ravens, you you have a lot of weapons coming into this season. And Lamar, this is like year four, so I, I need you to Is Lamar going to be different. on the field? Because Lamar don't try. Lamar ain't trying to get that vaccine, bro. I don't know, bro. Man. Is he going to get that yeah. vaccine? Because that's, that's the number one thing. You got that to worry about. And what was the biggest thing I was saying about Lamar last season, bro? They have figured him out. You have to find a way to adapt. And even if they figure you out, you have to find a way to still be unstoppable. At this point, they figured Lamar Jackson out and they know how to stop you. But if they know how you come in and you still beat them, that's the hump that Lamar Jackson needs to get over at this point. Special teams, not worried about them. They can stay in the game with field goals, of course. So it's not like they have to score every offensive drive. But the fact that a, a lot of teams are just rushing you now and they're not scared of you running, at, at least the top teams. I think, the I think they're still scared of him running, but it's, it's, it's more the so the growing. The teams that 
I, I feel are Super Bowl contenders. They're not scared of you running the football. The Titans, they're they're not scared of Lamar Jackson. We've seen that. And I, I ain't I know no disrespect that nigga. I think I think I think it's more so the throwing has to improve, and I think the wide receivers are gonna make a difference in that. I don't think it's the fact of Lamar has been figured out. It's the fact that the offense just got stale as hell and everybody knew what was coming. So you have to stop being so predictable with your offense. And I think with the influx of weapons that they have, they drafted Rashad Bateman. You got Tylen Wallace in there. You still got Hollywood Brown. I think with the weapons you have now, we can see a different type of offense. We don't got to see run, run, run every play. And, oh, you're going to run on first down. We already know what's coming. Oh, we know if Lamar, if you shut him down, for the first three seconds in the pocket he gonna run like it has to be an unpredictable offense so you got to look at the oc like are we going to get more unpredictable when it comes to that because your offense got stale to the point where you can't other people are saying that you got figured out but i think that's more so the weapons with this influx of weapons i think they w- there will be a change so i have them coming in at two in this division over the steelers even though they lost some pieces on defense like i think they lost um Oh, boy, that went to the Patriots. Damn, what's his name? Zadarius Smith. Uh, damn, bro. I think it was Zadarius Smith who ended up going to the uh, the Patriots. I think they still have enough on defense of Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey to carry them through the season. But it really has to be on the offense to improve. Lamar has to throw downfield. It can't just be to the tight ends. So it has to be improvement with that passing game. If we see improvement, we're going to see a different Ravens team. We're going to see a better Ravens team. We're going to see Ravens team from that MVP season. But if he comes back, no improvement with the arm, we're going to come here every Monday and say, damn, it's the same old Lamar. Well, I feel like it's not even necessarily his arm because I feel Lamar Jackson is a very good passer, way better than people give him credit for. I think it's just his QB judgment, his quarterback IQ and his judgment skills. Like you said, collapse the pocket within three seconds and he's frantic. He's like, I got to run. I just got to do what I know. And when he actually has time to throw the football, I have never seen him. I've seen him choke before, but it's like I've never seen him necessarily just have a bad throwing night or bad throwing game in in general. So I I feel his throwing is fine. It's just he has to fix his IQ and he has to fix his uh, comfortability in the pocket. I think it's the it's a point of throwing downfield more. He did not throw downfield enough in these past seasons. Like in that MVP season, every it felt like everybody was getting off, but he was throwing to his tight ends a lot, and his tight ends was coming through for him. Like Mark Andrews was getting through for him, but in this past season, everybody was shutting down the tight ends late in the season. And it's like he couldn't trust his outside receivers. Either they couldn't get open or he couldn't make the throws. So are we gonna see a better? Are we going to see a better separation from these wide receivers? And are we going to see better play from him? It's both of those have to come together for Baltimore to come through. So it don't matter who you blame, the wide receivers or Lamar Jackson. But both of them have to work if they want to win games. Like, you, you have to get open and he has to make the throws. It can't just be the tight ends like it mostly is for Lamar Jackson. He has to throw to the outside this season. So I think that would be the key. And the Bengals, how you feeling about the Bengals, bro? Joe Burrow coming off of uh, ACL, MCL surgery. I'm surprised he's coming back this early. So how do you feel? What's your expectations for him? I don't have any expectations. It's the Bengals. Um, do you feel improvement from last season? No, I honestly haven't. I haven't heard anything with the Bengals. I haven't seen any improvement from any of the, the uh, training camp videos that I've seen scrolling on my TL. Like the the Bengals are still just the worst team in their division. They will continue to be until they fix the O line and we start seeing more Joe Burrow highlights. Yeah, Ravens Nation. 
Uh, bro, I don't want to. I don't want to just say it's on Lamar because it's like I have expectations for him, but that's not fair at the same time. <laughs> I, I don't know, bro. Yeah. I, I think I think it's fair to blame both people in that situation, but you can, you have to look at both parties of the wide receivers and Lamar and say both of y'all didn't do good enough, bro. In that that's game against the Bills, in that game against the Bills, my God, them, those wide receivers couldn't get open. Them Bills were shutting them niggas down. So are you gonna blame Lamar for that for trying to force the ball in the tight window? Is this like, damn? The wide receivers ain't getting him nothing to work with. Because usually when a receiver open, he hit him. But if you're not going to get open for me, bro, it's like, what am I working with here? So, hey, I don't know. Because field goals were a big reason why the Ravens stayed in a lot of games. Uh, when they, A lot of games that they either lost or came close to losing. So that's why I said special teams will be a saving grace for the Ravens. And I feel like they can... They they can just improve more when it comes to like I said Lamar Jackson improving in the pocket and just his his depth perception and his his IQ when it comes to being in the pocket. The Bengals are gonna be asked. Are the Bengals gonna be asked? I think they yes. did make some some good picks, but they are going to be asked for the most part. I don't think terrible. they're a surprising playoff team, and I think it's more so on the confidence of Joe Burrow in his knee, and I think that decision of picking Jamar Chase over. Penny Sewell will be will come back to haunt them this season because they still don't have a good enough O line. And Joe is coming back from a knee injury. So it's the fact of Joe already got hit so much last year and the line is not improved. So it's like, what am I working with? I just fucked up my knee because it is because of these niggas. So I'm coming into the same situation and it's like, oh, I'm gonna fuck up my knee even more because I can't, I still can't trust my line, bro. Is this gonna happen again? So in the pocket, Joe is gonna be thinking about the rush more so than the receivers getting open because he's coming off knee. Does he have that confidence in his knee yet? You know what I'm saying? I don't think they would have had that crazy of a season if he was 100%, but they would have a better season if he was, though. But coming off with his knee injury and the line isn't improved, it's like, bro, I don't see too much with the Bengals. I, I think the Bengals, when they drafted Jamar Chase, I think they were trying to match everyone else's wide receiver quarterback thing in the um, – but when draft. you but when you have that type, I, I understand what you're talking about because you're talking about Tua and Waddle and all that. They're, and I, they're, they're literally trying to match everybody else. You got yeah. Tua and Waddle, and then you got you got the Bucks with their wide receiver duo. You got the Titans with Tannehill and AJ Brown. You got every team in the league, damn near. But those teams got old lines, threats. though, bro. But that that's what I'm saying. And and they probably thought in their head, well, let's get the duo out the way, and then we'll worry about the lineman. When it's like, no, you have to sacrifice not drafting that great wide receiver to get a top tier lineman. You can, yeah. it's Joe Burrow. He's gonna make the passes no matter. That's what I'm going. saying. That's what I'm saying, bro. So it's the fact that I think Joe Burrow ended up getting in their ear. I don't know if Joe Burrow ended up saying like, I want Jamar. Like Jamar is should be the pick at number five or what. But I think. Especially what all the scouts were saying about Sewell. They saying that he's gonna be a Hall of Fame left tackle. Like y'all could have had that on y'all line. Y'all could have had that and never even worried about the left side or his blind side anymore. Y'all could have had that. But now you have a wide receiver. Now you got to question the old line still. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just can't see it with the Bengals, bro. It's gonna take a minute for the Bengals to get to get to improve, to improve and get back to the, the Andy Dalton playoff playoff years. It's going to take them some years to get there. It's not going to be immediate. I'm not seeing a quick turnaround by next season and nothing like that for the for the Bengals, bro. They got to get the O-line straight first, though. Got to get the O-line straight. And let's move on to – oh, no, no, let's, 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 go, let's move on to the NFC North. Let's move on to the NFC North, bro. 
So you got Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers has returned. You have the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields looking good in training camp. You got the Minnesota Vikings. You got Captain Kirk. And who else is in it? Oh, you got the Detroit Lions, Jared Goff. So how, so how are you feeling about the NFC North, bro? How do you feel like it will, will end up? Uh, Green Bay is going to win it again, as usual. Uh, are you confident in that first. take? Are you confident yeah. in that take? Very. Yeah. Very? <laughs> Very. It's Aaron Rodgers, a healthy Aaron Rodgers. I I'm see Aaron Rodgers. I see Aaron Rodgers fold. And is he going to be focused because he know he's going to be out of there by next season? Is he going to be fully all in? I know he said that he's quote unquote all in, but are we going to get that MVP Aaron Rodgers? Or he is he going to be thinking about the door, thinking about a leaving? healthy, a healthy Aaron Rodgers is winning the division. The Bears now, are coming for their ass though, bro. Bro, Justin Fields coming for that ass, bro. Because you got to they, think. They'll Go be ahead. the second best team. They'll be the second best team in that division. I think I think the Bears will win this division because I think Aaron Rodgers' mind will be on the door and getting out and all the frustration that he has with the front office. I don't care what he says about him being all in. I think that will end up impacting his play on the field. He's still going to be a great quarterback, but I don't think he will be as great as last season. And they lost some pieces on defense. And you didn't improve with your wide receiving core. So it's like he's going to have the same frustration as last yeah, season. You brought in, I mean, it's Randall Cobb. Like, it's cool. It's a good piece. It's already somebody who knows the system. But I don't feel like you improved it enough for Aaron Rodgers to be like, damn, we can get over the hump and we can end up beating the Bears who have, like, a top 10 defense in the, the NFL. Like, I don't think he is to that point. And like I said, I don't think we're going to get the same Aaron Rodgers either. So I got the Bears winning this division. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of good things about Justin Fields. And I think he will start from day one and he will win rookie of the year this season over Trevor Lawrence. That's not a wild take uh, just because Trevor Lawrence is in Jacksonville. If you win rookie of the year in Jacksonville, I'm I'm really going to be like, well, how did nah, that? No, a lot um, of people already said, I think we made a poll about that. We were talking about who was going to win rookie of the year. A lot of people picked Trevor. Nah, he shouldn't win. <laughs> he he most likely going to win, win, but I'm just picking Fizz. He, he really he if he wins if Trevor Lawrence wins it's really just gonna be because he's Trevor Lawrence but I do believe Justin Fields will have a way better rookie year whether he has way better stats or similar stats as Trevor Lawrence his team is gonna go further and do better so I feel like you have to give him the nod for rookie of the year over Trevor Lawrence just because you're in Jacksonville and Jacksonville is not what it was in 2017 you're you're back to the trash ass Jacksonville Jaguars where you were before so and I think, that's why I say that and I think he's gonna have a, a Dak Prescott like impact on this team but he's a way more talented Dak Prescott I like you know when the first year of Dak they after Tony Romo got hurt Dak came in I think the team went 13 and 3 and them, mm -hmm. them dudes was just rolling Ezekiel Elliott was rolling that defense was rolling I think it's going to be the same type of thing for the Bears I think the defense was playing so mediocre in the past years because Damn, you have Mr. Trubisky. Like, even when the defense played well, it's like, man, we're not able to score 15 points. We hold a team to 17 and we still can't win. I think that gets tiring after a while because you just get tired of seeing the same old thing every week. But I think Justin Fields will give this team confidence, something that they need. They still have a good defense. They still have Khalil Mack. They still have Eddie Jackson. They still have good players on that defensive side. And they have some sneaky weapons on offense that will help out. 
uh, Justin Fields. You got David Montgomery in the backfield. You got Allen Robinson on the side. You got Darnell Mooney, who's coming into his own. And I feel like they drafted a wide receiver this year, too. So it's, everything is coming together for the Bears right now. You got Cole Komet last year, tight end. Your offensive line is going to need some work. I feel like that could take some few games for them to come together. But I'm seeing good things with the Bears. That running back, David Montgomery, is going to be a helpful hand for Justin Fields in his first year. So I'm liking uh, what the Bears are doing. Hey, I trust A-Rod, bro. If it's, it's few quarterbacks that I really trust in the NFL to make it happen when no one else can make it happen. And Aaron Rodgers is one of those people. He's coming back healthy. He's coming back pissed the hell off at damn near everybody. He's pissed at all the Green Bay front office. He pissed at everybody talking about the situation. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> he's going to end this stint with Green Bay because I, I predicted this is going to be his last season with Green Bay. He's going to continue playing in the um, National Football League, just not wearing the Green Bay uniform. So this last season, he's going to give it his all for the fans of Green Bay because he feels if anybody deserves his all, it's the fans that stuck with him. So Aaron Rodgers is going to easily win the division. Bears are going to come second. The Vikings are going to be a tough team, as always, and come in third. And then the uh, Lions are going to be last, of course. <sighs> I know we just watched that interview from uh, Dan Campbell earlier today for the Lions, and it's just like he talking about he don't got no turds on his team. I remember his first press conference, he was talking about kneecaps being broken. I'm just like, I don't know how long he going to be in Detroit, but I'm ready for that nigga to get the fuck out of there, bro, because I'm just tired of that nigga press conference uh, quotes, man. But do you see improvement from those teams? I think those are my biggest questions for the, the lower tier teams. Like, I think last year the, the Vikings went seven and nine. I want to say they were a mid-tier team. They had some good wins here and there. But do you see improvement? Do you see them potentially competing with the upper tier after some improvements? You got Justin Jefferson coming back. Uh, the Vikings, this is why I say the Vikings are always a tough team. Uh, whether they're middle of the pack or just above average, they're always a team that you, you have to be ready for on any Sunday because any Sunday they can beat anybody. With the Lions, I don't really see too much improvement as far as surprising me. Will they do mm. better than last season? I feel like with the draft picks they got, I feel like they'll do just a little bit better, but I don't see anything too crazy coming out of Detroit. But the Vikings, they I don't see playoffs, but I definitely see a lot of tough games where it could be a lot of close upsets. Mm. And I like what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball in Minnesota. They're really building their defense now. They got they're really building it with their corners. I remember um Gladney, the Gladney, I think his name, but he went to TCU. I think his name is Gladney. And they drafted another cornerback this year. Like they're building their defense with their cornerbacks first. And going like that to the outside in type of drafting style. And I like how they're doing it because you still got good players at your, your linebacker positions. They still have holes on defense. That's why I don't think they will be that much improved compared to last season. But you got some good players on offense. You still have Justin Jefferson, who was second in rookie of the year. And you He's still good enough. He's still serviceable. And I think that's all you need for somebody with the um with the Vikings. So will they be seven and nine, seven and ten? That's something similar once again. And for the Lions, yeah, with the Lions, they probably gonna win Trash. a game. They win in the game, bro. I, and it's more so because of the coach. They'll, they'll probably win, they'll probably win two or three games. I don't know who they beat. <laughs> I don't know who they beating, bro, because you They'll drafted Sewell, so they drafted somebody good on the O-line, but you got Jared Goff as your quarterback. Like, how, how many games? They only won four games last year, and you had Matt Stafford with that squad. 
So now you got Jared Goff, which is definitely a downgrade. So it's like, bruh, Matt Stafford had to make some shit shake just to get them W's last year. It's like, man, you ain't got they, that same type of quarterback. They could definitely win like two to three games. They could win about two to three games. The coaching gonna fuck them up even more too. Dan Campbell gonna be talking that dumb shit in the locker room. They are gonna give up. I I won't be surprised if they beat the Bengals. That won't be a surprise. And I won't be surprised if they beat the Eagles. And I'll get them one division game just because. Mm. So I, I give them probably two to three games. All right, man. And I also want to talk about who will be the king of the North. Who do you think will have the best season out of all of the players that we talked about? Who will be the most valuable player? Who will be the best player coming out of both of these divisions? Out of the AFC North and the NFC North? Uh, Best player coming out of the AFC North? Best season, yeah. Mm. I'm going to go ahead and say... I'm going to say Lamar Jackson just because everything I've challenged him with, I know we got a lot of eyes on him this season, and I know we're looking at it like, okay, this is a prove-it season. And just for the fact that I'm calling it a prove-it season for the Ravens and for him, I'm expecting him to prove me wrong and not be predictable. Over Aaron Rodgers, too? Just play lights out. Well, for the AFC North. I'm talking about for both. I said for both. Oh, for both. Oh, mm. like overall. Oh, shit. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Out of both divisions, who is the king of the north? Damn. It would be between. It would be between Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. If I had to give one answer, I would say a Rod. Just, just because he he's playing pissed off. I I don't want to piss off a bad man like that, bro. I really don't. I really don't. He finna play crazy. Let me ask you this, then. How do you feel like Odell Beckham will play coming off? of this knee injury because we seen his struggles last year with Baker. Do you foresee it coming together more or do you still see struggle between the two? Um, cause I, I cause I, I, I kind of was thinking like, damn, will it be OBJ? Like, I feel like a breakout should be coming for OBJ. Like he'd been under the radar for a minute. I hope so, bro. Like, cause he'd been real chill. Like I have not seen that much OBJ content on my Instagram feed or anything. So hopefully this, this quiet stage that he's in right now is proving that like he's really locking in. I just want OBJ to play a full season healthy. I don't even remember the last time he played a full healthy That's season. True. So, so I'm I'm really praying that he plays healthy the entire 17 games, hopefully into the playoffs and further if possible. Uh, he's one of my favorite receivers of this generation. It's just he he's always had that injury battle. So staying healthy. But OBJ is going to be the key. I feel like if he stays healthy, the offense will still run how it ran last year. It's just going to be an extra weapon that Baker has at his disposal. I want to pick somebody off the Browns because I think they're going to have that good of a season this year. It's going to be – it could be Miles Garrett on the defensive side of the ball. I want to say he was top three in defensive player of the year last year. Miles Garrett will always be up there. Oh, I want to pick OBJ, bro. I want to pick OBJ. I think he's going to have a breakout season, bro. With Baker, I Mayfield would love that. I would really love that. I, I, I really think I'm a with the best for the best season out of the, the both divisions. So over Aaron Rodgers, just when you just look at the best player, I think you will say that Odell Beckham had a better season when it comes to wide receivers than Aaron Rodgers had compared to other quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he will have the best season, Odell Beckham Jr. I think he's going to have that good of a season. He hasn't had hype for real since the catch. And I like, think that's he, motivating he's, him. He's been in the upper echelon of receivers, of course, but like true hype 
for his career, he hasn't had that since the catch, bro. So I, I feel like this will. You can't say that now. The no, the catch was a minute ago. That's the catch was saying. like 2013, 2014. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I, he I, had some good years. I've been hyping him the whole time, but I'm talking about as far as everybody else. Like, yeah, he's been up there in the rankings, but people have always said, nah, he ain't fucking with Julio. Nah, he ain't fucking with uh, this receiver or this receiver. So it's like he's been in the top tier, but he's been like in the lower part of that top tier. And I feel like this year he's going to get back to that, oh, shit, like OBJ is like one of the best, one of the most talented receivers out here. I feel like he's going to get back to that flow. I think and make so everybody too. say it. Yeah, I think so too. I think it'll be between Odell Beckham and Miles Garrett for sure. Over Aaron Rodgers, man. I, I see a regression, bro. I see a regression. I, I see know, a regression bro. for the Packers, bro. I see it. I see that's it. A bad, that's a bad <laughs> man, bro. That's and no, he man. is, bro. MVP of the league for sure. But I think he's thinking about that door, bro. He's thinking about the door and what he where he's going next season. He's thinking about that. Because he's I don't think he's confident the for the past two seasons. But I don't know. I don't think so. I think last year, I think toward the end of the year, so like that last game, how the last game finished, that's when he was like, damn, I want to get out of here. If they would have made it to the Super Bowl and shit like that, he wouldn't have wanted to leave. But it was the way last season ended. I don't think he was thinking about the door. This year, he's coming in thinking about the door. Because he know, because he even posted the picture of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen walking away. The last dance picture. So he already posting that this is the last dance. So he's thinking about the door and where he can possibly win next season. I think that's where his mind is. And I don't think he's going to be fully all in on this season. But let's move on to Team USA winning gold, bro. So they ended up defeating France in the gold medal game. And KD went crazy. I want to say he had almost 30 points in the the the. the Gold medal game, and a lot of people are starting to say that KD is the GOAT of USA basketball. We made this oh, poll yeah. before that it was Carmelo Anthony. A lot of people said it was Melo, though. Niggas just said it was Melo like three weeks ago, and now niggas are saying KD, so they done switched up. I, I, I said Melo was a good argument, but I feel like KD is the answer, though. He literally leads in, like, what, damn near all the Team USA statistics when it comes to Olympic basketball, so it's, like, statistically – he is the best, and he's already, in my eyes, he's the greatest scorer of all time. So it's like that paired with the USA statistics. It's like, yeah, might as well. I see Kendrick Perkins getting a lot of backlash for saying that, and we've been saying that for a long time, but I don't understand why he was getting so much no, backlash for that. It was giving him backlash because KD and Draymond, after they won the gold and they made that video, calling out everybody who was talking shit about Team no, USA. I'm talking about it's something else I was talking about. No, I'm, Kendrick I'm saying, though. Kendrick came out with that tweet, and then I think like Draymond and KD, they weren't trying to hear all that shit because it's like, nah, like you, they they basically saying Kendrick be flip flopping on shit. Like you can't say we this, mm. but then you get on us when we, we like we USA, bro. Like we team USA, we run this basketball shit. That's basically what KD and um and Draymond was saying. So all that KD is the greatest scorer of all time. Yeah, you weren't saying that a couple weeks ago when. You was talking about like this is probably one of the worst Olympic teams ever, and we still win mm. gold. So, so I was I was more so talking about the, the the Twitter reaction and the social media reaction to him saying that. So a lot of people were like trying to combat that statement of no, nah, Katie ain't the greatest scorer. It's Kobe. It's Mike. It's this that. It's the this this person and that person. And it's like, man, Katie is the greatest scorer that ever lived. Like, what the hell are niggas talking about? He's seven foot and can't be guarded. Come on, my nigga, like. And somebody had ended up putting it in great 
in a great perspective, bro. They said, if you were to put the best defender on all of these top scorers, who will have the best performance out of all of the best scorers? So if you think, if you think Tony Allen is the best defender of all time, who is, who is struggling with Tony Allen and who is having the best performance out of the top scorers? And it was like, damn, that's a good point. So if you was to throw Scottie Pippen on these niggas, who's having the best night? If you was to throw Tony Allen, if you was to throw whoever the fuck you want to say is the best defender on these top scores, who was having the best performance against these better these great defenders in our league? And it was like KD because he's unguardable, bro. He's unguardable. He's seven foot and weapon, and he can do everything. You want the post up? You want the three? You want the mid range? I can rack you. I can dunk on you, and you're not blocking my shot. It's like. I'm unstoppable, bro. I'm unstoppable, bro. <laughs> For real. Kobe, Mike, AI, they're all great, but they're not unstoppable like that nigga is, bro. It's a different level in my opinion. I, I totally agree. It, it's KD, Dan Jordan. Like, that. that's that's my own one and two rank when it comes to the greatest scores of all time. Three through five, that could be a conversation where you could throw whatever name you want to throw three through five. But the top two is KD and then it's Jordan. And I didn't even realize this. They said that Allen Iverson won the scoring title four times. They said Mike won the scoring title 10 times back during his run, which is just crazy to think about. I want to say KD won it about four or five times as well. But just just think about how long he played. MJ played from 2003 to 1984. So that was... I think he missed a couple of years in there. So that's like, let's round it up to 18 years. So out of 18 years he played, 10 years he was leading the league and scoring. Like, that's crazy to think about. So it's MJ definitely has an argument, bro, but I, I definitely think it's KD. I definitely think it's KD. But that shit is just nuts to think about. All right, bro, and let's move on to Isaiah Thomas, man, scoring 81 points in the, the crossover lead this past weekend. I've seen a lot of emotion from... I seen a lot of emotion from Isaiah Thomas uh, in a recent interview he was having. Like he was crying about like people giving up on him. He was like, "Man, the league done gave up on me. Like the world felt like he gave up on me after he had his injuries, and he doesn't know if he's going to have another chance, even though he's putting on these type of performances in these summer leagues." So, do you think he should get a shot? Do you think he should go overseas and then come back? Like, what do you think his next step should be? Well, I've seen a couple reports saying that the Lakers might want to sign him. So if that happens, that would be great. But I don't I don't know. I don't know what his next move should be. Just just keep playing, bro. Like that's what your next move should be. No matter where you're playing, whether it's this uh crossover tournament or whether you're overseas or G League or whatever, just keep playing because excuse me, we know the talent level of Isaiah Thomas and I, I mean, I don't blame him for feeling that way because he he's had a lot of injury issues. Uh, there was that season where he lost his sister and all that type of stuff. So he probably feels like so much shit has been happening to me over the past couple of years. And for me to just be kind of just out of the league at this point, I feel like I'm just being given up on. So hopefully he just keeps playing. That That's the one thing I want him to do because people are going to still want him. Like I said, I seen Bleacher Report saying that the Lakers are in talks to try and get them so teams obviously are still looking at you just don't stop playing and this is the thing i don't yeah he's not i don't think he's gonna stop playing but this is the thing with isaiah thomas so this is the clip from i was what i was talking about earlier
these niggas gave up on me. They gave up on me. <laughs> So obviously he's very emotional, having such a big game and still feeling like niggas done gave up on him and shit like that. So a lot of people was trying to say like, man, I see like you shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. If you don't make it back to the NBA, like that should be fine. Like go overseas, like niggas are still getting money overseas. Like don't put all your eggs in this NBA basket. Like with or without the NBA, you're still a great player. And I want him to still know that. And he ended up responding, like saying like those were tears of joy, like, I feel like everybody just gave up on me and I'm back to being fully healthy and that I can tr contribute to a team now. So I think he should end up doing like the overseas route and then possibly coming back. I feel like that would be good for him just to get a taste of that and seeing how people are treated over there. Like, man, for the past few years, you've been getting treated like shit over here, bro. Real deal. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas been getting treated like shit. Once he goes to China or whatever the fuck the hoop and he gets paid millions to get to hoop over them. And you get treated like a king, bro. You get treated like royalty. Stephon Marbury done went over there to hoop. Like, great players have gone over there to hoop and get treated like kings. I want him to feel that appreciation for his game. And not to just be somebody who might be in a rotation, might be out of a rotation, somebody who's in and out of the league. I don't want that for him. I want him to still feel, get the flowers when he's only like 33, he still has time in his career to get these bro, flowers. He got so much time, bro. He got so much time. That's left. what I'm saying. Like, the NBA isn't the end-all, be-all, is what I would say. Like, don't think this is the end-all, be-all. Even though niggas gave up on you in the league, it's like it's other ways for you to get money with this basketball shit and get paid millions, my nigga. But, but that's why I'm glad he came out with that tweet and was saying, look, I'm not crying because they gave up on me. I'm crying for the fact that I made it through even though I was giving up on. You know, so I love the fact that he said that and he was playing. It looked like a high school gym where he was playing. at. It didn't look like anywhere. Uh, you know, I think it's a college gym out there in Washington, Seattle. Yeah. So like uh, probably a Juco college or a regular type college or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But I love the fact that he's back to himself as far as health and mental. So I hope he just keeps playing, bro. Like you said, take it. Take your talents overseas, bro. If they if they don't even want you in the G League. Give the um NBA and the NBA G League get in the middle finger right now. Go overseas and like really show everybody y'all missing out. Y'all not picking me yeah. up. Y'all missing out on a player for real. And that's what I'm saying because how the the overseas season usually works. I think you play. I think that both seasons start around the same time, but around February you can opt out of the the like the Chinese league or the overseas league and then come back to the NBA. So if you go over there for four months or whatever, from October to February, you ball the fuck out, which I know you're going to do. You could come back by February and be back on an NBA team. But possibly shit. starting. Yeah, you know I'm saying possibly. I feel like the Celtics yeah, should have gave him a shot. The Celtics should have gave him a shot. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It gave, yeah. And I think the Celtics they ended up just signing uh, Dennis Schroeder. Oh yeah, I, if you go to the Celtics, you're you're starting over Dennis Schroeder. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing it because that was something I was talking to Derek about last week. I don't know who they're starting at point guard. I heard they're putting Marcus Smart at the point guard position. They're gonna rock out with Marcus Smart. I didn't like it at all either. I didn't like it either. But <laughs> that's what he said. That's what he said. They rock with. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh... I didn't like it either, bro. I that's think Shooter way be better fun. than him at the point guard position. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> but definitely shout out to IT man putting on that type of performance, man. But uh, yeah, let's move on. But uh, what you got for two wild Wednesday? 
All right, first poll. I haven't voted on any of these, any of these polls, so I'm going to be voting while we're doing this. Uh, who will win Rookie of the Year? Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, or others? I think it will be Cade. I think it will be Jalen Green. Jalen Green is winning the poll, forty-seven percent. I know, bro. And like I said, he's gonna put up points, and that's what a lot of people look for a rookie of the year. You to put up numbers, bro. And Cade's points aren't gonna be up there with uh, with Jalen Green, but I think his overall impact is gonna be noticed. I think it's gonna be noticed though, but it, it's gonna be tough because I think he's gonna have a, a, a immediate impact. But I think Davion Mitchell could be in that conversation. I think some comments had Davion Mitchell. Um, Jalen Suggs is showing out for Orlando at this moment. It's going to be a lot of competition for rookie of the year. Bro. I ain't gonna lie, it's not going to be a cakewalk for K like at the fuck all to get rookie of the year. Bro. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk, but I definitely see Cade and Jalen being the two front runners for that. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So shout out to both of them niggas though, man. It's going to be tough. And I want to say this uh, too because I feel yeah. like this could be like the next like Kobe and like LeBron type of like rivalry that we see in the NBA because somebody had tweeted it last night and I had retweeted. They was like, man, <laughs> it was like, they was like K versus Jalen green going to save the league like bird and magic. And obviously yeah. to that extent, it's not going to save. It's like to, to that extent. Cause they really saved the league. But after yeah. you, after Brian leaves, who is going to be that rivalry? We see a lot of good young teams, but we don't have any rivals, but Jalen green, has real beef with 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 K Cunningham because he wanted to be the number one pick. Like he has yeah. real feelings toward K, and K is gonna reciprocate that. He's gonna be like, all right, nigga, I'm gonna show you why I'm the number one pick. So <laughs> it's gonna be beef between these niggas, and they're gonna go head to head. So this is gonna be like a, a Kobe and a LeBron type of rivalry, one that you always wanted to see. We never got to see it in the finals, but it was always a fun matchup during the regular season. And now I think it's gonna be one of those matchups, man. They're always gonna be compared to each other, and it's gonna be fun. Because with Bron, it's like after the Kobe and Bron thing, when Kobe just started aging and injuries started taking over, it really just turned into Bron versus everybody. Mm. Like, I don't think Bron had a true, this is your next one individual rival. It was Bron versus KD. Then it was Bron versus uh Steph. Then it, it was just Bron versus everybody, really. Whoever stepped up to the plate, that's who Bron was going against. So, now I, I totally agree with what you're saying. This could possibly be that next big rivalry. I still feel like we just got to wait and see. And uh, we, we have to see the, these young stars turn into who we think they're going to turn into. Once mm -hmm. they start turning into that, then it's like, okay, we can start putting that on them. Uh, next one. Georgia will win the college football playoff. Too wild or not too wild? Too wild as fuck. This is the best year... Georgia will have to win a championship before they fire Kobe, Kirby Smart. This will be their best year to win. With with Alabama reloading at the quarterback position, they still have all of their weapons. They're still Alabama, but Georgia has just as many weapons, I think just as many five stars on their team. And they have the veteran quarterback in JT Daniels. They have a wide receiver in my, what's my boy named Pickens uh, at the wide receiver. Like you have a lot of pieces that point to Georgia as being the favorite in the SEC. And I think this is the best year. Will they win? I don't know. A lot of people probably pick too wild, but I think that this is the best year they have. If they don't win this year, it's like, man, fuck it with Georgia. I just say too wild because Alabama always has, I mean, Georgia probably do too, but 
Alabama is known for literally having a pipeline of five stars just waiting on the bench. Just sitting on the bench waiting Georgia for Georgia does too. Georgia does too. Yeah, but this is why I say Alabama more so. More so. And that's why I look at that that one championship when Georgia was up. I think Georgia was up by like a couple of touchdowns over Alabama in a championship game. And Tua ended up coming in at halftime and saving the day. That was the year Georgia could have all of the, the Georgia curse shit would have been lifted. Like everything would have been good. But it's like ever since then, it's like it's been a struggle for them. They got back to the SEC mm-hmm. championship game the next year. They lose to Jalen Hurts. It's like every it's every year is something with Georgia. Well, I feel like this will be the final straw before they're just like, I think we got to flip to another coach because you ain't getting They have room to do something, though. They have room to do something. LSU is in a rebuild right now, so I'm not yeah. even looking at LSU to do shit. And Florida... Florida going Florida, so um, <laughs> exactly. Don't even get your I, don't even get your confidence up. <laughs> after after the way I was kind of disappointed uh, this last season, I I don't know what to expect expect from Florida moving forward right now. But Georgia, they they got the second best odds in the SEC, so I still think it's just too wild because Alabama is just light years ahead of everybody until they somebody beats them. Until y'all do it, I'm not gonna say y'all gonna do it. So. Uh, next one, LeBron's best big three teammates are either Wade and Bosch, Kyrie and Kevin Love, or AD and Westbrook. Katie, nah, Wade and Bosch. Come on. Easily. Wade and Bosch. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because when you talk about, like, the best duo, because a lot of people say, like, the LeBron and AD duo is the best duo that Bron's ever played on. So how do you fall when they look when you look at complete duos that he's played with with LeBron and Kyrie, Bron and AD, Bron and Wade? Like how do you feel when it comes to duos? Wade and Bosch was the best duo that I've seen him with, just because it just fit more soundly. Because I feel Wade was that electrifying scorer that you needed, and he was the leader of that team. We already know that, so. He was the leader, and Braun just had to come in and be the most talented and just do what Braun does. And then with Bosch, it was that down-low presence that, yeah, you may not be the strongest, but you're efficient with getting your points, and you're a strong enough defensive presence that you can you can bully some of these people. Maybe the biggest names you probably can't bully, but you could bully a good majority of the league. So I feel like each player in that big three filled their part out completely. With Kevin Love, it was like he turned into a spot-up shooter, <laughs> And Bosch did, did too, Akees. Bosch did too. Yeah, but Bosch was way more effective though. But I feel like oh, yeah, Bosch did. Yeah, he he did a lot more than Kevin Love did. With Kevin Love, it was like you went from an electrifying scorer in Minnesota to just going the corner, and we're gonna count on you to just make threes <laughs> whenever we throw you the ball. Mm. Kyrie did what he was supposed to do, but the the lack of um the lack of what we wanted to see with Kevin Love, it just didn't happen. And then with AD and Westbrook. I feel like it's going to work, but it's not going to be pretty at all. <laughs> and that's how not, I feel, not too. Not all together. Not yeah, all together. Yeah, that's how I feel, too. It's going to have, like, that transition period like Wade and LeBron had to go through. Like, they had to go through a transition. Like, when it was Kyrie and Bron, it was kind of like Kyrie had to take a step back. And his game fit because Kyrie could shoot. But Westbrook can't shoot. And D-Wade didn't shoot threes. Like, he was just always in attack mode and had the mid-range. So, it's like, it was, it was a transition period with both of those squads, and Kyrie was kind of different. I think when you look at duos, 
I'm not mad at people for saying that AD is LeBron's best teammate because when you look at like just a seamless fit, LeBron is the point guard of the team and AD is the down low presence. He can do everything on the court. It's like, damn, like it, it comes together pretty seamlessly when a Wade and Bron took time. Like that first year, like them niggas had to go through that, that pain to end up getting over that hump. But with an AD and a Braun, when it came together, them niggas won the first year because it was just such a seamless transition. So I'm not mad for people but, for saying that. But I think it's a situation where with Braun and AD, Braun is much older than AD. So Braun is more, he's more mentally in the game than he is physically now. Braun isn't as physically, I'm taking over the game as he used to be. It's, it's a situation where it's teacher and student seamlessly working together as where mm. with Braun and Wade it was like hey we're both young we're both in our primes like we got to figure out who's the one and who's the two in this situation mm. with Braun and AD AD knows like I'm talent wise I could you could probably call me the number one player but as a leader I know I'm the number two when it comes to this team mm. I'm gonna let Braun tell me what I need to do and I'm just gonna do it to perfection when Braun and Wade was together Wade had to tell Braun like you're in charge now. It's okay. Like, you don't have to, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I know we're both at this level right now, but and I know I've been here longer, but you are the more talented player. I'm going to let you lead. We know Wade was the real leader, but he had to let mm. Braun take the forefront yeah. in that situation. And it's funny because, I mean, I, I seen a video yesterday of, um, I think it was 2012, 2013, Braun. I think he had a, he had a stretch of games where, man, for like, 25 games he was shooting like 60 60 from the field i remember that stretch too because the shit was yeah. crazy him and way was on that type of stretch when you when you talk about efficiency like them niggas was on it and this was when Braun was like shooting threes going to the rag that nigga had the defense like when you talk about miami heat Braun, that might be the best player i've ever seen He's oh, yeah. get, he's he has way more IQ. He's seen everything at this point in his career. His three point shot is way more consistent with the Lakers. But when you just talk about freak athleticism, he was making shots. He was like in the defensive player of the year conversation. Like it was nothing that that Miami Heat Braun couldn't do. And that was the best player I've ever seen on a basketball court, especially when it comes to efficiency. Nobody's touching that nigga when it came to efficiency back then, bro. That shit well, was crazy. Bro, running to the paint, everybody just get out of the way because you're not stopping this man. Like yeah. that was one of the most unstoppable players like I've ever seen. Like, yeah, it, it just it wasn't happening. My dad used to be so mad about that because my dad was like, <laughs> my dad was saying, "Man, if I was playing, I just." I knock him outside the head when he going. To, I'm like, you're gonna foul out. Gonna <laughs> this is this is not the '70s, sir. You can't just whack people in the head and not get called for it. <laughs> yeah, man, that Miami Brown was different, bro. I think it was different. Uh, next one. Who will have the better season, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, or Matthew Stafford? Mm, Matthew Stafford. Uh. I'm stuck between Josh and Matt. I'm going to go. Oh, by the way, Wade and Bosch won that last poll 69%. Um, I'm going to go with Josh Allen. I feel like he's he's just improving more and more every single time. So I, I just got to go with him because of that. And he, he didn't lose any offensive pieces. Jo Josh Allen is going to be the best one out of these three. I just see uh, – uh, 
I'm going to continue to say it. I think Matthew Stafford will win MVP this season. I think he will have the best season. I think he has the weapons, and the defense is going to come through for him, and I think he will win MVP. So I have to give my MVP the best season out of those three. I feel like the MVP race will be Patrick Mahomes, obviously, Matt Stafford, and Josh Allen. I feel like those those are going to be the three leaders in the MVP race. And nobody's even talking about Matt. So a lot of people are like, dark horse, dark horse, dark horse. That's why I'm saying it like early. We've been saying this shit for a minute, too. We you saying know this who shit a dark horse for real, though? Ooh. You know who a dark horse for real? Ooh. Justin Herbert. My boy, Justin. Justin Herbert for the beat. He ain't going to have enough wins. He ain't going to have enough wins. He ain't going to have enough wins. That's why he's going to be a dark horse. It's going to be like, he could do it, but they got to win for real for him to get it. So I'm going to have... It's going to be those three leading, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Matt Stafford. Those are going to be the three, like, leaders that everybody's talking about. But it's definitely going to be um, uh, Justin Herbert for that dark horse position. Uh, Josh Allen is winning that poll, though, 56%. Mm. Uh, Who is the next face of the NBA after LeBron? Giannis, Luka, Jason Tatum, or other? Kay Cunningham. Whoa. You're going to skip all of these players? Nah, I said this I shit. I, said, I, I posted this shit on Instagram too, bro. I, I was like, that, bro, bro, it's gonna, it's going to be Cade. Cade is the next goat of this shit. I know we're all looking at Luca, but I don't think Luca has the skill set enough to to win in this league. The, the closest person we have seen to LeBron James is Cade Cunningham. He's not the freak athlete, but he can do everything that LeBron James can do. I promise to God, he can. And y'all going to see during the regular season what I'm talking about. Because I'm telling you, I watched every Oklahoma State game. Like, I know what this man can do. He still has to improve his handles because I still see that players are getting underneath him and poking him a lot. So he still has to improve the handles. He ha- he is improving, though. He has to get the handles together. But, man, he can do everything that LeBron James can do, bro. And I think he will continue to build his strength. But when it comes to st- skill set, he's the closest thing to LeBron we've seen, bro. I don't know, bro. I'm telling you, Luka... Luca on a different planet right now, bro. And he's still he's still young as hell. Luca younger than us. So it's like, uh, you're still in that you're still in that conversation of where you are gonna be around just as long as Cade. So I feel like Luca, especially with him going to Slovenia and only losing one Olympic game out of all the Olympic games he's playing in. Yeah, Luca, Luca, you're you're the next face of the league, my guy. I think I think I think when it comes to stats, Luca would definitely have the best stats. Like he gonna keep, he gonna put up thirty, ten, and ten for the next ten to fifteen years. Like he gonna put up stats. But I'm thinking about like winning in the future too. I think it was like that same type of thing that Kobe said ended up saying about Harden. Even though I felt like it was more so like a fluky take on what he said that Harden can't win a championship. I think it could be the same thing with Luca that his style of play doesn't lead to championships. And I think that we could be saying the same thing about him down the line where it's like damn he ain't getting far enough can you be far enough if you're not winning in the league i think k will turn detroit around will it be immediate no but i think it will turn around and people will see that in detroit because it was the same thing with brian and cleveland like it it wasn't immediate when he became the face of the league but by year four and five you're like hey this nigga building something in cleveland now like what he got going on in cleveland small market team same thing with k going to detroit it's like damn k building something over there in uh detroit like them niggas actually contended for some shit like i like what i see i think it's gonna be some similar shit hey well we shall see hell yeah k to go (laughs) (laughs) uh ben simmons will be traded to the sacramento kings too wild or not too wild 
I seen a report yesterday that said that the Golden State Warriors are kind of hesitant on making the trade for Ben Simmons because they don't know how much they like to fit between Draymond and Ben Simmons. And that's the biggest question I've been asking. Like, you have two non-shooters on the court. Unless Draymond going to start shooting, like, that's that's nasty. <laughs> like, you don't want none of them niggas. Like, I don't like that, that, that combination on the floor. So I think they're going to end up trading him to the Kings if they can't trade him for Dame. And I don't think Dame is going to want to get traded early in the season. I think he's going to get traded to the Kings for like some Buddy Hill shit, some Marvin Bagley shit. I heard they want Tyrese Halliburton. I don't know if the Kings are willing to give him up because he has such a great rookie year. Because if that was the throw in Halliburton, I think the Sixers would accept that. But I think the 76ers are starting to drop their price now. They're starting to realize his real worth. And I think he's going to end up getting traded for a Buddy Hill, Marvin Bagley, somebody else, and a couple of firsts. And I think they're going to ship him out. I said not too wild. I agree with just about everything you said. Uh, when they came out with that trade proposal for the Warriors and the Warriors denied, I totally agree with what you're saying on how they realized, well, shit, he not worth what we thought he worth. And, like, his stock really has dropped since his uh, playoffs just ended. So I say not too wild, 59%. Also agree not too wild. So I don't uh, and I don't even know if he's because he's yeah, been hopefully. he's been acting real crazy. Uh with he's uh, been acting Philly crazy. Group. How's he acting he crazy? Been, he ain't been showing up to uh that's crazy. Like, yes, that's not crazy. You're you played terrible. Like, why are you acting funny with us? Like no, because <laughs> I, if you're Ben Simmons, why are you answering phone calls? Why would you be answering phone calls for the 76ers? Y'all been bow mouthing me, bow mouth uh, mouthing me. For months now. Been trying to get me out of town for months now. Get the trade done. I don't got to answer the phone for you. Talk to my agent. Rich Paul going to get this shit done. I don't need to talk to you niggas. Y'all been bow-mathing me the whole damn city. Been talking shit about me. I ain't trying to play for y'all niggas no more. Hell no. Get me out of town. But that's what I'm saying. Like He shouldn't be. He, did, he shouldn't have to answer your calls if that's how y'all treat him in Philly. Man, you playing like the way you playing and you acting scared the way you acting scared, you can't be surprised at niggas are doing this like he's still a two-time all-star though bro even though he did shit to bed in the playoffs it's like i'm still a two-time all-star making 30 mil like hey chill out <laughs> i guess and last one who will be the most surprising nfl playoff team the panthers the broncos the giants or other panthers for sure I said that before. I think the Panthers are going to have a turnaround season with Sam Darnold. I like the pieces. I like the young defense that they're building. I like what Carolina is doing, bro. Uh, I say the Giants because other than Washington, I'm not looking at, I'm not looking at Philly <laughs> at the hell at all. And the Dallas Cowboys are on hard knocks, so that answers that. <laughs> Crazy, bro. I don't know what them niggas. It's funny because they're they're the one team that I do not know what to expect. Do they have talent? Yes, but this is gonna come together. Like, and it's just Dallas always just implodes. Like, even if they have talent, it still can easily end up fucking up. So it's like, what will go wrong will go wrong. So it's like exactly what you know can what go wrong. Will go wrong. Oh, yeah, that's the same. I said that shit wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, other is winning that poll, though, 34%. And the Giants are right behind them at 33%. Panthers mm. are dead last at 8%. So you're kind of alone. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling y'all, bro. See, the Panthers are going to get in that bitch. And I'm going to be like, hey, I said this shit for this season. I, I like what Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold is going to turn it around with the 
with the with the Panthers, bro. I mean, the other three teams in that division, it's up in the air. Like, because other than the Bucks, Drew Brees is gone. So the Saints are begging. They're begging the world to help them figure out their quarterback position right now. And then with Atlanta, it's Atlanta. So yeah, and they just traded Julio too. Yeah, you yeah. just traded Julio. So how much hope does Atlanta have right now? So <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, you're technically not wrong with the Panthers. I just feel like the Giants are in a, a better situation. I'll say. <laughs> All right, man, let's move on to entertainment and current events. First thing I got on the docket is this Tyler Creator and DJ Khaled uh, situation. So I want to say, was it earlier this year or late last year, DJ Khaled ended up saying that he didn't like that Tyler, the Creator's album was number one and that uh, he doesn't make real black music, this, that, the third. He felt like uh, his album should have been number one over Tyler's. And Tyler responded with uh, with this in a recent interview with uh, Peter Rosenberg. A piece of me really didn't like that at all because it's like, man, I make I make rap. Mu- I love rap music. I make music, but rap is my thing. And it was it was it was already making alternative rap and not fully being again accepted by like the BETs or like a lot of them shit I've been doing me and that's dealing with my whole life. So for some guy like that to kind of indirectly be like, that ain't real rap, that ain't real black music, that's what it felt like. And I was like, my nigga, don't, don't do, but I didn't say nothing. I just let that number one speak. The nigga ego had to deal with that because his whole identity is being number one. And when he didn't get that, that sat with him longer in real lifetime than that moment. I moved on. I went and did some shows. We went to London. Cool. Didn't think about it. That sat with him because his whole identity is we the best, we the number one. And when the underdog to him took that away from him, the nigga ego was deflated. He'll probably never admit it. But, but and you do, <laughs> and I saw, and it's no, it's no hard feelings towards him. Yeah. So that was the the interview that he had with Peter Rodenberg. What is your reaction to that shit and uh, to DJ Khaled? It's. It's weird because it's like, I agree with Tyler. DJ Khaled is not wrong in a certain sense. You don't hear DJ, I mean, you don't hear um, Tyler, the creator in barbershops. You don't hear about him when it comes to talking about who are like the best rappers out right now or of this newer generation. You don't really hear Tyler's name a lot. You'll, you'll see him in certain Twitter conversations when they're talking about underrated rappers, but when you're talking about leading the charge, you don't hear them in debates. You don't hear them really when you're in the club at all. Uh, so the popular places where you hear the biggest music, DJ Khaled is right in that sense. But he he has to understand, like, there are multiple versions of rap now. There isn't just that one or two hardcore ways to do rap. And Tyler, the creator, he has his audience. Tyler has been out since we was, like, what, middle school? So he clearly he has a wave like he still remained popular this whole time even with having his bisexuality uh coming out the closet type shit that he's had you know he's still popular if anything that probably made him more popular with the way we're very accepting of people now you know what i'm saying so i feel like tyler did what he had to do with that interview and he said look i'm gonna just let it be known that shit did make me feel some kind of way but instead of reacting to you i just let the number one speak for itself i don't really listen to tyler like that 
he has a few songs where I'm like, okay, he snapped here, he snapped here, but he doesn't make my kind of music. But I'm not going to say Tyler is trash because he obviously has skills. It's just, he makes, like he said, he makes alternative rap music. He doesn't make the rap music that gets a BET Award nomination or a BET Hip Hop Awards nomination and stuff like that. But everybody knows, like, Tyler can do this shit for real. It's just he has his lane. And DJ Khaled, I feel he makes great content. But what's the number one knock on DJ Khaled? You you get other rappers to get on the shit you produce. And the albums aren't good. He only has like two or three songs where you go back to. But it's like, there's Especially certain when, albums- when he's talking about, because I think the situation happened in 2019 or 2020. Yeah. The album that he's been dropping recently have not been good. The album that he just dropped this year, this album was pretty good. I ain't even going to lie to you. But I do agree. Like the, over the past, what, three to four years, maybe five years yeah the albums have not hit like that at all you got like two or three bangers on there that carry the summer but overall people aren't going to a dj Khaled album for real that's why i said the album that he came out with this year it's like it's it's six or seven songs on there for real that's like yeah this shit hard for real so and that's um, the thing about dj Khaled because i listened to that dj Khaled album and that shit was garbage the, the one that came out this past year and he talking shit about tyler about him getting number ones and i listened to tyler's album Tyler's shit is fire. So the fact that he's trying to put it in two different lanes when he was number one, it doesn't make sense because they're both rap. Just because it's a different style doesn't mean that one is rap and one isn't rap, is what I would say to DJ Khaled. And why would he try to branch them off like that? It's not an alternative rap uh, list or a, a real rap list. And none of that bullshit. So if one person's album was better than your album, he should be above you. Tyler's album, Igor, was probably better than your album. It was better than your album. So what are we talking about? Just because he doesn't make the same type of music as you, that's a problem. That shit hurt his pride. It it did. And that's why I I said another one. We number one. Like, we're going platinum. We finna have the best song of the song. He does that every time he drops something. And nine times out of ten, he actually does it. Whether his album as a whole hits or not, DJ Khaled usually gets that number one spot for like maybe one or two weeks. But that didn't happen when the Igor album dropped. And, and that's what I'm saying. And, the, and it's the this is the thing about DJ Khaled is I remember when he had his run on Snapchat where he was posting, posting all this positivity, the keys and all this shit. But when somebody who's in the game that's been in the game for a minute finally get his shine, like you throwing dirt on this nigga. So it's like, damn, all that positive shit you've been preaching is, is bullshit. Because when somebody gets in over you, when they had a better run than you, oh, now you throwing dirt on them. That's like, damn, my nigga. So all that shit you've been preaching on Snapchat, all that positivity was capped. So that's the thing about DJ Khaled, where you start to realize his character isn't what he has portrayed it to be. Obviously, he was upset because he's used to the success. But damn, my nigga, if everything you say about putting people on and appreciating them and giving them the keys is fake, nigga, who are you for real? Nigga, that's what we know you for. We know you for hits, but we also know you for the Snapchat shit, too. So it's like I kind of looked at it. From both ways, bro. And Tyler had one of the best albums this year, too, with Call Me If You Get Lost. So Tyler's on a run that nobody really can compare to, bro. And a lot of people, like you say, don't like Tyler. But for a lot of people, Tyler is in their top fives, bro. For in their top fives. Like, niggas, I've seen Tyler in people's GOAT conversation because he makes that much of a different lane of music. But it's so fire in the way it comes together. And it is rap. It's just not the regular shit that you hear. And I, I just didn't like 
uh, how DJ Khaled was um, coming out. I mean, granted, I didn't read any tweet he made. I didn't physically I'm, um, hear him say this. But if Tyler is saying he told him, like, they ain't real black music, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to. I'm gonna call it an allegation because we haven't seen any clip of DJ Khaled saying this. We haven't seen. Oh no, he said this. This was a couple years ago, though. Statement. Oh, he he said this for real. Yeah, he said this a couple years oh, ago. Okay. That's why I was. That's well, why they brought it up. Oh, okay. Well, shit. Um, I'm, I'm thinking he's saying it like he told him. Like I didn't know he. Oh actually no, he said this in an interview. Video. He was like, "Yeah, I had the number one album. I don't know why they giving him uh number one album over me. He don't make real black music. He didn't tell him this yeah. directly, but it was like, yeah, it was indirect. Yeah, I. I I just don't like when DJ Khaled does that. Like, yes, you know what hip hop music is. You are in the game. DJ Khaled is DJ Khaled is a legendary person when it comes to rap music. Like, we we have to be honest about that. Mm -hmm. No matter how no matter how people feel about him, you gotta say he do he did some legendary shit. He brought his collaborations that probably would have never happened. But I can't allow you to say that's not real black music. You're not a black person. Like I can't allow. I will never tell. Some, I, will never, <laughs> I will never tell a white person what is or is not like pop music or electronica music. I will never tell a white person what that kind of music is because even though I know what it sounds like, that ain't my music. Like I don't know for real. So DJ Khaled, like I need you to get out of that headspace of you think you know what black <laughs> culture is just because you've been embraced by us so much. Like I don't, I, I ain't never heard Eminem say no shit like that. Like this ain't black music, blah blah blah. He makes sure and says this. If he criticizes anybody, he uses the word rap or hip hop. So if DJ Khaled says that's not real rap music, it's like cool. Like black people ain't the only people that rap. But don't go around here saying that's not real black people music because you not black. We had to stop DJ Khaled from saying nigga at one point of time. And I think DJ Khaled, he used to say nigga a lot, like back in the early two thousand <laughs> when he was first like popping yeah. for real. And I'm like, this nigga a rap. Like, why? Why they let him talk like this? And he stopped that shit real quick. And he didn't say those words directly that this isn't black music. He said that this was alternative rap. But he said, but everybody took it as him saying this isn't real black music because that's his audience is. Yeah, everybody yeah. took it as that. So I don't want to put words in his mouth like he said that. But that's what everybody took away from it. And that's what he basically said when you say that. And even though his audience isn't predominantly black, black people still listen to him. Like I said, he's in GOAT conversation. Tal he's that talented of a rapper. I don't want anybody to get that misconstrued. Like, this nigga is in a lot of people's top fives, bro. And he makes great projects, bro. For real, for real. So we got to get out of that headspace, my nigga. Because the last few he done dropped, I don't really listen to. At first, I wasn't all on Tyler. But the last few with Igor and Call Me If You Get Lost have been fired. So definitely shout out to Tyler, bro. Don't let nobody shine, kill your shine, for sure. And let's move on to... The baby mama 18 years <laughs> so news has come out that Britley Brittany Renner and PJ Washington has had a divorce, and this was two weeks after she has birthed his baby girl. I want to say, was it a girl or a boy? I don't remember. I know yeah, I, th though, I think so. yeah, they have a kid together, but two weeks after they were divorced, um, she ends up filing for child support and she I think she got allotted two hundred thousand a month from PJ Washington for like eighteen years, and that adds up to forty three million dollars that she will be getting over this eighteen years, which is crazy as fuck, bro. I I don't know if it's true because he came out and said it was cap, but if these numbers are true, 
and the video that she came out with explaining how it's easy to trick these of uh, these athletes into just giving you money for the rest of your life. That's crazy, bro. I don't I mean, I know we laugh at the whole future situation about how he is with his baby mamas and whatnot, but that that's stuff that we shouldn't really laugh at either. It's just future is funny as hell, so it's easy to laugh at shit like that. But none of that is funny too at the end of the day. Like nobody, whether you're a man or a woman, should be getting mistreated when it comes to having children or getting played into having kids with somebody that ends up being toxic. So I feel bad for PJ because if you are paying that much money, that's crazy as hell. Like she she literally I seen the Instagram video that people been leaking uh when she made talking about it's easy to trick these NBA niggas. It's I think she said that a few years NFL ago. Before that's she what I'm saying. Me. Like they they pulled that shit up though. Mm. And she was basically saying um saying all that and I'm like bro some of the blame is on PJ though, because it's like, hey, bro, like you just got into the league, like when when you got with her. So it's like, no, nah, he been with her for a minute. He been with her like in college. Yeah, in college. she was she was at Kentucky games. Yeah, she was at oh, Kentucky yeah, games. Bro. Yeah, she and she well older than you. Yeah, bro, you you got to be more, you got to be smarter smarter than that. The same way we tell uh future baby mamas like. Y'all baby mama number six or seven or eight, like y'all should have seen this coming. Bro, you in college, you 18, 19 years old. Like this lady well, way older than you. I don't know how many years, but she's old enough to where it's like she could be your big sister. She don't need to be somebody that you dating for real. So I, I don't know. You got to be smarter than that. But she wrong as hell for tricking him into giving her money for the rest of her life, basically. And I don't think it's PJ pj washington's fault first of all i don't think this two hundred thousand a month shit is true because the I way his the way his contract is set up this shit wouldn't even make sense for two thousand hundred two thousand uh two hundred thousand a month that wasn't make sense because i think dr dre is paying his um ex-wife two hundred thousand a month and dr dre make way more money than uh pj washington do so how is their child support payment similar when that's what they go off of to get the child support payments? They take a percentage of what you total, the total of what you make, and they make that the child support payment. So it's no way that he paying two hundred thousand, bro. It might be two thousand. That's what I think it was. It might be some numbers being fucked up. Twenty thousand max. I feel like it was a mess up with the numbers, bro. But two hundred thousand is way too much because that's Even what Doctor Dr. Drake. Dr. Dre. Even if I'm Doctor Dre, I'm not oh yeah, for sure. A month. I'm not sure. doing that. Like sure. they're gonna have to arrest me because I'm not paying you two hundred thousand dollars a month. That's not for sure. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Is it can't be real if that's what Dr. Dre is paying. He's a billionaire. So if a billionaire is paying the same amount of child support as uh, somebody who I think his contract is thirty two million at the most. I think his total value of his contract is thirty two million. And that don't even add up. <laughs> that don't even add up, bro. So I think this shit is cap. But I wouldn't blame PJ because. Bro, that was probably the first girl he was messing with out of out of college. Like you, you green to a lot of shit, honestly, bro. Coming out of that, so I don't think his head was on straight. And the fact that he been with her with so, for so long, you wouldn't think she would play you. Usually, when these relationships happen, they're quick. Like, damn, it was a one night stand. I ended up hooking up with the girl. She ended up having my kid. Now she my baby mama. But these niggas done been together since four or five years now. So you thinking she's solid? But then she hit you with the switcheroo a couple weeks ago, and it's like, damn, like you really done played me out like that. So that's why I think and it's a different situation from everybody else with the baby mama issues. Brittany Renner, like what? Damn near 30. She like what 28, 29. I don't know. 20, like gotta that. be 28, 29. 
So how how uh, what's called it is not how old people. That'd be 23-24. I, I first off, it's like, yeah, I'm a ball player, I'm a hooper, like, and people know my name and shit, but it's like you <sighs> You, and the fact that he was the, she she married this nigga too now. It wasn't like it was that's just some baby I'm mama saying, shit. Bro. That's why that's why I'm like, I'm surprised that everybody is blaming PJ when it's like he thought he fucked with this girl. They've been together long enough. But nobody in your family told you to like slow down and just peep game. None of your dogs told you slow down, peep game. Nobody showed you that video that she made a few years ago. Like, come on now. It, this is what I'm saying. It's signs out there that. Uh, maybe this you shouldn't just rush into marrying somebody. You just now are getting into the league and you getting your career taken off. Like you, you don't even know this girl all the way like that. Yeah, she may be showing you that she like you for real, but just just hold on now, just chill for a minute. And the fact that he just went full speed ahead. Yeah, I'm fucking with us. She fucking with me. We finna get married. It's like you gotta see if she with you for real when it comes to that type of shit. I think if they get to the point of marriage, my nigga, she she's with you for real. Like most of these baby mamas ain't marrying these niggas that they trying to get impregnated by. Like the old girl that got pregnant by Drake wasn't trying to marry Drake, but it ended up happening. And now she probably getting all this child support. But you got to think about it. The the situation with Dr. Dre is just showing me now that somebody can marry you just for the benefits of divorcing you. What if yeah. what if she what if um the child get old? Let's say 18 years from now, he done paying child support. What if she comes out with the same statement that um that Dr. Dre wife came out with? I need to maintain the lifestyle of living <laughs> that I've been Yeah. Now you gotta pay her for divorcing you years ago because she's used to the level of That's money true. that you've been giving her to 18 years. You got to peep now, bro. Some people might if marry her, If her game is like that, she an OG. If her game That's is like I'm that, to marry you. that nigga for that, the old benefits, she crazy. She That's an OG I'm for telling sure. you, bro, like some people, man man or woman, some people might marry you for real for the benefit of divorcing you. It's cheaper to keep her. It's cheaper to keep her or him nowadays. It's cheaper to keep her or him, either or. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right, man, let's move on to J.R. Smith going to college. So I'm hearing news that J.R. Smith wants to go to NC, uh, North Carolina A&T to play golf. So if you don't know, J.R. Smith never went to college. He went straight from high school to the NBA, and now he wants to go to college to play golf, bro. How do you feel about this? Hey, I love it, bro. You at that age where you're older in your career now, just he might want to say, I'm, I'm done with basketball, bro. I'm just completely done. Let me go get my education. I done won some championships. I done had highlights in my career. I done had lowlights in my career. Maybe it's just time for me to do something else. And I feel like this is his something else because we always say that with players, no matter what sports you play, you got to know what you're doing next. And he knows what he's doing next. He's going to play golf. A lot of basketball players and football players play golf, actually. So it didn't surprise me when I see golf that. while getting an education. That's what I'm most surprised about with Jr. Because I can understand That's you wanted up. to play golf because yeah, golf is a good like side hobby. But he trying to go back to school get some education. That's like that's crazy because he the henny guy. Like yeah, nigga, yeah, he, he, he slowing down that lifestyle to go to school. Like that's what's up. That shows like maturity from J.R. Smith too to like, man, let me slow down, get my Ooh. shit together and shit. He could probably have a nice ass Hennessy endorsement too now, now that he playing NIL, golf. that's true. <laughs> that's, he can get a lot of cheese off the NIL, bro, because he's already the been Hennessy. with some uh, endorsements before. Hey, 
JR, I'm gonna need you to do that. Live to your <laughs> nickname, bro. The Henny guy, you got the Hennessy commercial. Why you in the golfing tournament? Crazy. That would be crazy. fire. That would be fire taking for a, sure. Taking a shot between holes. Yeah. Shameless plugs. Shout out to JR, man, going to school. That's what's up. What, and what, look, um, what, what are you trying to major in? I don't know. Mm. I, that wasn't a big part of the story. Is it going to be one of those situations where he go to school for a year? He Does he really take classes for real? Or are they going to make him go to class? I mean, I don't know if he's trying to get a bachelor's or a master's. I'm not a master or an associate's. I don't know what he's trying to get. So. Yeah, because I feel like you have to take some sort of classes at least to be a part of the golf team. Even if it's one class, he will have to be in that one class. So it might be some liberal, liberal arts or something like that, general studies, something like that. I don't know. All right, and let's move on to Robin, bisexual? Dive into this story, bro. Uh, yeah, it, it ain't too much to go into. I thought it was going to be like a whole situation when I was reading some of the articles. But yeah, they're, they're just coming out with um, DC Comics now where Robin has identified himself as bisexual. And I just thought it was interesting to talk about because we've um we've heard that Marvel is going to have more bisexual characters moving forward or gay characters and stuff like that. So do you think it's weird that they pick one of the most iconic DC characters to be bisexual? Or do you think they should have chosen like somebody else that's newer or not seen as much to be bisexual? Do you think it's a big deal that is Robin or a big deal at all? Really? I think, I think it was the fact that this comic has been around for like 20 plus years and he's been hetero for all of this time. And then the switch up happens now. I think that was the problem with a lot of comic book fans. It was just like, damn, like he bisexual. It's like y'all just throwing this in there because it's it's what the world is about now. We're so accepting of it when it's just like that doesn't go along with anything that has been written about Robin. And even in this new show, um, I've been watching Titans on HBO Max. He's a, a hetero dude. So how in one comic he's going to be bisexual, and then but in everything else he's he's a hetero male. So that's that was the problem, like the consistency of it just didn't make sense. That's why I agree with you that it should have been somebody else, another character that could have been more up in the air than somebody like a Robin. But Robin's iconic. Everybody knows Robin, Dick Grayson, Tim Drake. It really doesn't matter what Robin it is. He never got the bisexual or he never gave you that gay type of vibe. So that was the, that was the biggest thing about it. I agree. I feel like it's, man, he, he never was. So why all of a sudden make him that now? So I, I don't know. I I feel like if you make new characters or you if you do it to characters that we never had to guess with that, then it makes sense because oh that's that's interesting. Like we never seen them talk to anybody in previous comics, so we never knew their love life. So it's not crazy if you do that. But like you said, we've known Robin for being this way the entire time. Now all of a sudden he's this way out of nowhere. So. And it's the same thing with Loki. Like, we don't know a lot about Loki. A lot of people that are into the MCU movies, like, we don't know. We don't read the comics for real. We just watching the movies or watching the shows for the shows. So when we see that somebody like a Loki is bisexual, we're just like, oh, okay. Like, that's interesting. Like, we didn't know that about him. We never seen him talk to anybody before, but that's just an interesting fact that we know now. So not having a lot of people know who Loki is and putting that on uh, in, like, his plot development was cool. But Robin is too iconic. Everybody knows Robin. So it's like, mm -hmm. come on now. You're trying to switch up a man character's personality and sexuality. It's like, mm, I don't know how much that works. Yeah, and I feel like that's the thing that people don't understand a lot of times. It's like, we're not necessarily upset about you adding gay things or bisexual things. It's just, 
when you're trying to literally change the people who already are what they are. That's why with the Rugrats situation, when Phil and Lil's mom, when they when they try to like make it to where like she's uh she's lesbian now, it's mm-hmm. like okay, yeah, she may have looked lesbian throughout all of the old Rugrats shows, but she had a husband the entire time. Like she was married the entire time. So why would you change her whole identity? I would have rather Rugrats came out with this new show and just made a whole different character. I would have rather you come with a whole different character than change one of the original characters and make them something that they've never been. That's the only issue I have with it because now it's like you're, you're basically saying no, like that wasn't the right way. This is the right way. The same mm-hmm. way if we took a, a character that we've always known to be gay and making them straight. It's like, whoa, like, why would you do that? Like, why would you change what the character has been this entire time? Yeah, because from the beginning of your life, bro, you are who you are. You're going to have these type of feelings and have that sexuality. So changing it at the end of <laughs> at the end of Robin's career, it's just like, come on, bro. Like, y'all doing too much. But I think the MCU is doing a good job of giving us the, the gay or the bisexual um people like in doses like they throwing in loki like i think one is going to be in eternals where he's like openly gay like the first openly gay superhero so they're opening uh, us up to it more which is a good thing but they're giving it to us in doses and it's to people that we don't look at a lot because i exactly yeah loki and i, I forgot what the dude's name is the in the eternals who's going to be openly gay but they're giving it to us the right way and that's what i like about it i agree I, all right, bro. Let's move on to Pass the Ox, man. What you got for Song of the Week, man? Song of the Week. Whew. Good question. What do I have for Song of the Week? I'm going to go with... Mm. What do I have for Song of the Week? Ooh, Song of the Week, Song of the Week. Uh, I was just listening to it not too long ago. I've been on my um my Ronald Isley flow. Contagious. I've been on Contagious. Contagious. And I got uh Need Your Best by Jadakiss featuring uh Ty Dolla Sign. Ty, and I wanted to say this about Ty Dolla Sign too. Like, I heard somebody say that he's the feature king of this generation that used to be T-Pain. And I think that is true. Because every time you hear him on a track, it just like, the track just becomes way more graceful. It's something about Ty Dolla Sign's voice, my nigga, that just draws you into a song. Because it can be like some hardcore rap shit. But that nigga voice and the way that the the melody is going on in the background and just the vibe of the beat that he's riding over, just shit just works, my nigga. I fuck with Ty Dolla Sign heavy, my nigga. When it works for features, he's the king. When it comes to like his main albums, he probably doesn't have the best like solo albums. But when he when he's on a feature, my nigga eats that shit up every time. So shout out to Ty Dolla Sign. And bro, what we got coming with the movie and show reviews, man. Uh, we've been doing Raising Canaan. Hopefully, we have Raising Canaan up for y'all by tomorrow, sometime tomorrow. I got to get that edited and finished for that. Uh, episode four, and we'll be sure to do episode five and drop that sooner next week. Uh, we got to do old. We got to do... Um, We're going to probably record that all that tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow war, uh, old. We watch Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah, gotta Suicide be watched. Squad. We got to do that. Don't Breathe um, 2 coming out soon, too. Don't Breathe yeah, 2. Yeah, that come out this weekend. So the guy, guy, the one with uh, Ryan Reynolds. Guy. It's a, yeah, lot, of a lot of good shit. Stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of good shit coming out soon, Definitely. bro. A lot of good shit coming out soon. We got a good comment coming in. Hey, bro, uh, appreciate you. 
the Steelers. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Definitely go back and listen to the whole pod, man. We definitely do everything to the Steelers, but we definitely appreciate you tuning in, my brother. But Eggert, hit him with the social media. All right. Once again, you can follow us on Twitter at QE Podcast One. You can follow us on Instagram at QANDE Podcast. You can follow and like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube at Q and Sign E Podcast. Please be sure to click the notification bell so you can see anytime we drop new episodes. And our email is QANDE Podcast at gmail.com. And subscribe to all of our social media platforms, man. We're on, oh, not social media. Subscribe to all our podcast platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Subscribe to our YouTube, Q and Sign E Podcast. And subscribe to my YouTube. Just type in Quincy Hicks into the search bar and definitely subscribe. And we appreciate you guys for listening. And we out. Peace.